Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Uh, you have an embarrassing Panda Express story that I'm not going to let you ah! get away with not telling. <laughs> Guys, I really love Panda Express. I know it's disgusting. I also love getting a Dr. Pepper with the Panda Express. But like I'm being my best mall self, you know? Yes. And um, I didn't have time to make lunch. So I am working and I have like exactly one hour to get lunch and I pre-ordered the Panda Express um, to be picked up exactly at the right time and then because I'm in a new neighborhood apparently there's two Panda Expresses on the same street and I drove to the exact wrong one and then by the time I got there I realized I had to turn right around and I was going to be late getting back to work (laughs) and I had no lunch and was like three minutes late getting back on the Zoom call And then I was so upset that I ordered another round of Panda Express. Um, (laughs) But because there's a minimum delivery fee, I had to order an even bigger thing (laughs) than I ordered the first time. Because, you know, I was like, look, the great thing about Panda Express is you're going to spend like $8 and you're going to be so happy, right? It's not like an irresponsible purchase. No, I ended up spending like $35 on Panda (laughs) Express just for myself. Oh, it was so upsetting. Oh, it's so funny. I love that story so much. Be relatable. Also, the good news is that you have two Panda Expresses very close to one another and close to your new place. Congrats. I'm mad at the first one, so I don't think I'll ever be going back there. Also, Panda Express is like, I don't know if you have this, but it's like one of those things where I hide when I eat it, you know? Like, I'll throw it away outside so Mike won't be like, oh, Panda Express, huh? You know, I don't want to hear it. You don't offer it to him? You're not like, do you want Panda Express? Oh, no, he's... It's one of those things where he, like, doesn't know the nuts situation. He's very allergic to nuts, so we don't ever get it. I am fully allergic to soy, but I will take a Zyrtec to eat Panda Express. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not even supposed to eat it at all. It's, like, my own dirty secret, you guys. This bitch. I love it. I love it. I love that you get it with the Dr. Pepper. You go hard. I have, like, I have so many fast food things that I love that it's, like, not – I don't have one that's, like, cute. Like, it's, like, a problem that I have in general. So I think it's very cute that you love Panda Express. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I love all fast food. I really think it's uh, – it solves a lot of problems emotionally and time-wise and money-wise. Unless you do exactly what you did. Yeah, unless you have to order $40 of it just to, like, make the experience worth it, you know. Anyway. Oh, man. Um, I just had to. I think that is so, so funny. And I loved hearing all the details because I only heard this through text. So thank you for sharing. Let's talk about Potomac. Ugh, I'm so glad it's back. It's so oh. good. They're so funny. Like, it's one of those franchises where, like, if nothing happens, I'm still happy to watch them. Yeah, they're just always giving. I think it's like such a fun. I love like all their homes and outfits, even when they're ugly as fuck or just like crazy overdone as fuck. I will say just to start it off, very pissed that because Monique has not joined this season, we do not get a T'Challa update. (sighs) Who R.I.P. 
has passed on. She killed bird, that bird. Evan. I'm a hundred percent sure she killed it. She didn't say how it died. She said a freak accident, and this is the second time the bird's life oh, has been in no. danger. Freak accident means you I killed it. Did something? Yeah, yeah. That's not. I didn't realize it was a freak accident. Also, African greys live to be like 4,000 years old. I know. So yeah, something had to come, something had to end that bird's life for sure. I honestly think she should be investigated. You can't be like, <laughs> I drink coffee with my bird on my shoulder and I lost it and it flew away to the neighborhood <laughs> and I had to like put up missing bird posters and then like not even a year later, like the bird died in a quote-unquote freak accident that's yeah we, just... need ju- we need justice for t'challa for sure although i'll say besides that it's so it speaks to the strength of this cast that like i didn't miss her in this yeah. first episode as much as i thought i would when i knew she was leaving and i do think it was the right time to go overall but man it was so great to see these gals again just seeing like giselle look at candace's new house and like look at her stepchildren like they were (laughs) like she just like didn't get it i think giselle's judgmental expressions are everything to me it's like just what i'm feeling as an audience member uh and i also wanted to ask if you noticed how many tufts are on candace's couch yes That's, I mean, that's a very like Sheena Shea, possibly even Lisa Vanderpump style. Are you a tuft person? I, I mean, you could be a tuft person, but there's still too much tuft. It yeah. looks like that 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 couch is essentially made of buttons. It looked so uncomfortable and so like tight in yeah. order to be so tufted. And it's and listen, I get it. You've moved. I've moved recently. Like getting furniture in the pandemic is insane. But the fact that it's the only thing in her house, it's like that tuft couch and then this big mirror is just so funny and it draws so much more attention to it. And I, I just like, couldn't get over the tufts yeah. of the couch. I'm going through the process of like, we just need something to put stuff in, you know, like we, we're not doing our dream, like architectural digest design at this point. We just need target things to put all the shit that we own in and not <laughs> be on the floor. I don't think that's what that couch was. I think that was like her dream couch. I think she no. Wants to sit on like a very hard rectangle couch with no pillows. I don't know. Yeah, looks very uncomfortable. I did. I have to say, I really liked her eyeshadow nail like interview look. It's they're matched Mm. to each other. She took a swing with some kind of like mod eyeshadow, but then she's wearing all black. Her hair looks good. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. liking the look. I'm liking it. No, I'm liking a lot of the conventional looks, even though a lot of them are so over the top. I'm here for them. They're just like well executed. Ultimately, the the vision is so grand. The vision. The vision is so grand but they knock it out of the park often but then you get a situation like then we like cut to Karen's house and there's just like fun footage of Karen like watering her plants and she's wearing maybe seven pounds of makeup and I think it's so funny to be like look at me in my natural habitat just at my home chilling watering my plants hanging out and it's like you look like you're about to enter a beauty pageant I love this can I tell you something I, ha- I just have to uh, tell something. I have to get it out um, there. And it's going to hurt some people's feelings. And I'm sorry about that. I can't keep plants alive. Don't give me plants. You know, like I've had a couple mm. friends give me plants. And it's like a very nice gesture. And I just look at this and I'm like, this thing's not going to live. I'm not even going to try. And it just does. <laughs> I'm done. I'm past well, owning plants and pretending like I'm going to the... keep them alive. Right. And you and I both love a good 
fake plant. Yeah, I love a dried stick that you can put in a <laughs> bucket or a vase. That yeah. looks great. That You have to do nothing to that. It stays fine for years, you know? We actually talk about that at length in our interview at the end of today's episode. Oh, we so do? We love, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, we love sticks. But I, I recently just got, because I, I had like one corner in my living room that I really, really wanted a real like sort of tree. And I right. just got it a week ago, Alyssa, and I live in fear every day I'm going to walk downstairs and it's just going to be like a creepy Tim Burton looking dead ass tree. And it was not inexpensive and it is so beautiful. And when I was leaving, the, the woman at the plant store was like, most people kill their plants because they overwater them. And I need you like to not overwater this plant. And I'm like, but I need to feel like I'm doing something. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm with you. I think it's uh, it's a very high maintenance thing. And nobody out there get Alyssa a fucking plant, okay? By the way, get my her mom. a Panda Express gift certificate and then leave yes. it be. Or a candle because this is an old house and there's some strange smells. <laughs> it's fine. Um... Uh, my mom, I have to say, is in a full-blown war with caterpillars. She, like me, cannot keep a plant alive. And she's like, I've stopped buying plants that cost more than $2 because it's a waste of money. And she's like, I have these beautiful flowers and I've kept them alive and I've grown them from their $2, you know, tiny situation. And she's like, all these fucking caterpillars are eating them. I Googled what time do caterpillars wake up. I Googled what time do they eat. I know what caterpillar poop looks like. She's like, I'm friends with the caterpillar guy at Home Depot now. He's giving me all this shit to put all over my plants. And they will not die. And he's just like, usually they die after that. So I don't know. You have super caterpillars. She's got freak caterpillars. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so that's where I get oh it Oh, my from. God. That sounds horrible. Yeah. A, a, like a war against any bug. I like... Oh, I feel for her. Not worth I it. I hope that she comes out victorious. Throw your plants um, away. Okay. What did we think about nude interlude? Mm, cute. I think Wendy looks amazing. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. This is one of the best examples I've seen of plastic surgery. She still looks like herself. She's got very tasteful but large breasts. I like that she was like, <laughs> I can hide them, but then I can pop them out when I want a little moment with them. Mm-hmm. I want to know what was done to her face. It looks great. Her hair looks amazing. And I just love a party where it's like, I'm celebrating my hot bod. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I, it's always been mysterious to me when people are coy about plastic surgery, which brings me to my next point. If you're going to have a fun party, celebrating your new tatas, celebrating your new look – than to be to imply that you didn't get anything done to your butt when it's like seems pretty to the at least you know my untrained eye looking at it before and after that her butt looks different something happened to the butt so where is the line that she's drawing between not wanting to talk about mm-hmm. a potential butt lift after basically throwing a party to celebrate how gorgeous you look I don't get it yeah I don't I it's interesting I'm also like maybe there's just you know I gain weight in my butt and we did sit down for like a whole year so I don't know true oh wow what I would wish what I would give my god I have a my thigh just goes right into my back there just like isn't even anything to contribute to I have a thack instead of a butt I get a thigh tummy butt weight gain combo so it's all you know the pants are expanding and they're not coming up over the knees is what's happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know maybe I maybe she's like I maybe that's a sensitive subject for her for some reason like there's certain if I'm trying to think like there's certain medical issues I would have no problem talking about and others I'd be like more embarrassed to share but Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. makes no there's no rhyme or reason it's just like my read on how people will react I guess I don't know 
Yeah, it does seem like it's it's obviously a bit like the height of something being a personal issue, a personal thing. But I just thought that was uh, peculiar and the editors were so savage. And speaking of editors being savage, new housewife Mia Aww. cannot do math and they could not have lingered on it more. And listen, as someone who can't do math, cannot, can't do math, even the simplest of math, I do know how old I am. And yeah. like... I, that and the, the, there's like personal math in your life you just gotta know mm-hmm. and to be so forthcoming with such an incorrect number between her age and her husband's age and then the difference means have you just been in the your entire marriage just like winging it and guessing and throwing numbers out there and nobody is correct it's crazy to me that you would get something so personal and correct right um yeah I don't know <laughs> how much more than that we're going to get out of her. I'm interested to see what what where this goes. You know, cuz she's just mm-hmm. it's just very surface level. I like I mm. see I kind of see the whole story so far. So, Ooh. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I feel like you're higher on her than I am. I I thought she made such a big entrance and I loved it. I think that she's funny to watch, but We'll see if there is, uh, you know, if she's like kind of forcing herself into it. I, I could see that she's a little extra. So like maybe if she's trying to conjure up some drama, I'm going to be like, now is not the time, Mia. There is Ooh. already so much drama. By the way, just, I did want to point out, I wrote this oh, down. So I just want to oh. make sure we talk about it. Please. She says she gets Botox every four weeks. Four weeks. Every four weeks. That's <laughs> and insane. I, we have had some Botox experts on this podcast, okay? I'm not going to name names, but... The people on this podcast have told me, you're supposed to give your muscles a break so that they still move naturally. And you get it like once every six months. You're not supposed to get it once a month. That is malpractice. She's got to be going to two places alternatively because like there's just I don't understand who would be giving you Botox injections once a month. I know that. It It doesn't even start working for like days after you get it <laughs> that's a great like, point <laughs> what do you mean like by the time it starts to work you're like at your next appointment like that's crazy Ugh. also too much information about clitoris I don't know you know like that's one of those things that like maybe you don't talk about it like that's yeah, so, at a dinner table that's too. great for you maybe you wait until you've like been friends with these people for a couple months and then you go well mine got all fucked up when I gave birth so no shame I had to get it fixed I don't know <laughs> It's a lot to come right out of the gate with that. That's true. Um, can we get into Erica Jane? <laughs> yes. Erica Jane. Okay, what? It's so tough because I like feel bad for her. And obviously, like, in a sense, like when I'm watching her, you know, we're attached to her. I feel mm-hmm. like the same way the ladies feel about how it's like, we know Erica. Like, we've been around her. We've celebrated her. But there is a... At the very least, she's suffering from some serious, like, affluenza missteps here in making a case for herself. Don't you agree? Hugely. What was very exciting about this week is I got to watch uh, this whole episode with Tony's sister, Amber, who's visiting. And she listens to the pod, but she is a – she doesn't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills regularly. So it was so fun to watch this episode with her because Erica, like, walked back into her home and was like, I'm so sorry. My house is so small. Do you just want to go sit in my private pool cabana with personalized pillows and giant portraits of me along the walls? And Amber was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is going – it's – you could not be more – 
out of touch and it's like at a time when you're trying to garner sympathy like stop drawing attention to how tiny your home is and i appreciate so much that the only person who's even vaguely called her out on it is crystal crystal's like it's not small like when we just very quickly was like it's not small erica when we saw that pool i fully turned against her i was like fuck Mm. you give the money back you bitch (laughs) i just there's no way that's less than a three million dollar home like absolutely not yeah it's and it's gorgeous and you clearly are have people taking care of it you're drinking fucking vuv champagne while you're crying i'm over it i am over it and i i do think though that it makes me uncomfortable as a viewer because i'm getting to a point where i start to feel guilty when i get really upset with her because then it feels like i am setting her up for failure because she's either too cold and she's withholding too much emotion and information or she's like crying so much that I'm like yeah right these are crocodile tears so then I go I like take a look at myself and I'm like this feels like a little woman Haiti sometimes and I don't want to feel that but I also reserve the right to be like Erica this is bullshit so I don't know it just makes me uncomfortable sometimes if yeah that makes sense. as we go through this process I've started to realize that a lot of the reason why she's being persecuted is for being a rich woman you know and mm-hmm. so it's like there's no problem with being married to a wealthy man and spending that money on yourself and having that kind of relationship. But that's getting wrapped up in the crimes that her husband committed, right? So it's like, I think I I understand what you're saying. It's like, I don't fault her for marrying someone who's going to take care of her when she was a single mom at 28 and for going Mm -hmm. after her dreams. Um, But it's just, I mean... I I really quickly just want to point out some red flags. Also, I'd be um, remiss not to mention the Camille Grammer mascara tweet Mm. where she essentially said that they filmed in the Bahamas um, and not a drop of mascara got on Erica Jane's face when they were going in and out of the ocean, meaning she was wearing waterproof mascara and so she thinks it's like very calculated that she was wearing regular mascara I had to explain the difference between waterproof and regular mascara to Mike so he could understand the accusation (laughs) which was pretty exciting um I don't know I think Camille Grammer I don't know if it's that calculated but even if it is calculated there's like some huge missteps happening right like yes she's not mentioned to the victims at all she's only concerned for Tom and Tom's welfare She said, if you want to find out who your friends are, like, go bury a body with them, which to me indicates that you're down to do some illegal shit. (laughs) You've done some wrongdoing, and now you are seeing who your friends are. That's exactly what that implies. (laughs) And I I just, I don't know. She's now saying that Tom's health is deteriorating, whereas Mm -hmm. up until this point, I mean, I understand there's a certain level of, like, keeping up appearances, but you were saying behind the scenes that that is lockstep with his alibi for all of this. Yes, she's breadcrumbing his alibi. Like she is, I've said from the beginning that she's using the show to like garner public favor for this trial or trials. And which it still doesn't even totally make sense to me because it's ultimately going to be used against her. But this, this like... His eyesight is failing. His hearing is failing. He's deteriorating as a man is everything that would support his current alibi, which is like, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just an old little man. And why, Erica, would you be going out of your way to protect him if he had, in fact, done all of this to you? And the final thing that really pushed me over the edge is the 
while she's talking to Crystal and Lisa, she goes, I tried to find out what was going on with our finances. I pled. I begged. I wanted to know so much. And that was my final straw in terms of my judgment on it, because that implies if that's true, then you're saying you did know something was wrong. You're admitting to knowing something was wrong enough that you were you like went fishing looking for something. And I just you got to pick a lane. You got to be like, you know what? I didn't know. I just like didn't. Know. All of this is news to me. Or you go, I knew it was really bad and I left but and I and and I reported him. But this middle ground of like I didn't know at all what was going on and I even tried to is a makes no sense to me. That's interesting because so to me, right, like I feel like that's her alibi. She's like, it's not that I'm a negligent idiot, it's that he's a narcissist and he controlled everything and he would not let me in on any of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I will say, like, I have, you know, I've been taught by my mom, like, always have a credit card in your own name. I've talked about this in on the podcast before. Like, if you end up getting divorced, you will have no credit score if all the credit cards are in mm-hmm. a company name or your husband's name. Like, I think this is a common, you know, I think for a long time in history – women were not allowed to be in charge of their own finances. And there are still a lot of relationships like that. So I don't necessarily fault her for being like, he just wanted to control all the finances and I was asking questions and he wouldn't give me anything. But I also don't necessarily believe that that's 100% true Mm. and that it makes her, like it lets her off the hook totally. Um, Mm. Because I think what you're saying is a little bit true. Like you can't have it all these different ways you can't hate him and say you were like in an emotionally abusive relationship where he didn't give a shit about you and not know anything about the finances and benefit from all the money that he gave you and be so grateful to him and have left without knowing this and also say you can't say when you found out about this like it's too many different things it's going too much. on yeah, yeah it's too much and she and I, I don't think that this points to one side or the other, but the the moments that, you know, Lisa will say something like, well, you know, you don't know what, you know, there's only so much that you know. And then Erica will interject and be like, and I don't know anything. Yeah. She like finds moments to insert these sound bites of trying to be like, I didn't know. These are all these things I didn't know. And <sighs> to your point, the biggest thing is like to not say and I feel so sad and devastated at how at the like tragedy that this whole thing is for people who are already suffering from an initial tragedy to just like to not address any of that is is like is dark. Why do you still have glam? Like give your glam up. Like start. I, wonder, I mean, do you think? I think she might be doing her own glam in a couple of these scenes, which is also maybe why she wouldn't have waterproof mascara. It's hard to tell because we had so many like video camera COVID scenes. Oh my God. Also, how brutal that she, that I, I will say it's must, must have been hard for her to find all this shit out and have it break to the press while she was quarantining alone after she left her husband. Like that's yeah, really terrible. Sad. Yeah. 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 Not good. Um, yeah. It's just so much, man. And it looks like we're getting even more of this next week. There's so much Erica being a hot mess footage. Wow. You better get more than I didn't know anything though. And I can't talk Maybe. about that. I mean, it's. I mean, we still have Dorit <laughs> being like widows and orphans. It's a. It's just terrible. Yeah. So that's that's coming. Okay. Uh, before we get into our interview, I have a question about Siesta Key. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Siesta Key, awkward baby shower. First of all, could not stop laughing when Jordana said, 
gave up gave the baby a painting at a baby shower and said that's the best gift that I could have given him rather than like buying him something you know like she's explaining to the baby mama why her painting is such a phenomenal gift it's like shut the fuck up Jordana but aside from that um three of the girls go on a yoga paddle boarding class mm-hmm. and they wear like yoga clothes mm-hmm. and they seemingly never fall into the water you've been paddle boarding mm-hmm. when someone is paddle boarding do they never touch the water well that's why i've been trying to get you to go paddle boarding because i've been explaining to you that you don't have to actually go in the water but if what you if you fall to. then you're in the water well you don't really um fall unless there's like a big wave or unless you're doing something crazy but it's pretty stable wide large board that you can just like sit on and paddle away and also look so abby caldwell and i who has been on this podcast we over the pandemic that was like our socially distanced little sport activity that we did together in marina del rey and i've since found out that that is the most polluted beach in southern california (laughs) (laughs) and she fully dumped her entire body head to toe in that uh little marina over there yeah no thank you i mean i if oh, yeah. paddleboard, if the risk of falling into the ocean is that low, then I would do it. Yes. But I don't want to be in the water. And I was just, I gasped when I saw all of these girls in like cute yoga pants and like cute little sport tops. I was like, oh my God, the idea of falling into the ocean while wearing yoga pants, like just end me. Like that would be, imagine peeling off soaking wet fucking sea ass dirty yoga pants. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't think I would do, honestly, if I was doing yoga, I probably would wear like a board short. But I don't, I'm not into doing, I don't need to be like upside down. Down on a paddle board I can be right side up like looking around all the little seals and stuff you know <laughs> that's that's the fun of the paddleboard yeah paddleboarding you can very much stay out of the water um as long as nothing crazy happens you know like there's no crazy wave or you don't get knocked over by some creature or something like that but okay that's so if not I fall into the ocean are you gonna save me Alyssa or are you I just put a laugh? life jacket on you so I don't feel bad about it also you and Amber were gonna go swim in the duty spill <laughs> I never was going to swim in the duty spill. I'll tell you that right now. I never swim in the ocean. I, this is all about me never swimming in the ocean. You couldn't beg me to go in the ocean. So I was not going to go. In L.A., there was like some failure at like a sewage treatment plant and they just released all the untreated sewage, like millions of pounds of untreated sewage into the Santa Monica Bay. <laughs> and Mike went over to see Taylor and her sort of sister-in-law and... Uh, was like, you can't go swimming in the ocean because all the duty closed the beach. Yeah, Amber was about to go out to the beach and I was like, I have got, I've got to like do some stuff and then I'm, I like might meet her there and then Mike was like, uh, maybe you guys want to go to Malibu. And I was like, yeah. dude, the beach is right there. Uh, but it was never going to affect me because your girl was never going to go okay, out Okay, so that you're water. just giving Amber a full-blown yeah. staph infection. Well, luckily, luckily Mike and you prevented that from happening. I was like, sorry, Amber, I'm a terrible host. <laughs> like, I don't even know what's going on. I did not know. And then, of course, Tony was working, but then he came downstairs and I was like, you will not believe what Mike just told us about the ocean. And he was like, oh, all the poop in the water. And I was like, how did you know? And you weren't going to tell us. <laughs> I'm the only one who didn't know about the poop in the water. Jesus. I will say and Amber like... went to the beach and just didn't go in the ocean. And she said a lot of people were swimming. Oh, no. Yeah. That's so much like eye infections and skin rashes. It's yeah. so disgusting. Also, shame on 
LA County for not closing. Yeah, there's lifeguards just chilling. Bad job, everyone. I will say the Yacenda family does seem like the one family that would be immune to the duty water. So. Yeah, they got tough constitutions. Yeah. <laughs> they will be just fine. But I dis I'm just not getting in. I'm not getting in. Years from now, I'll be like, oh, the duty water? No, thank you. <laughs> uh but paddleboarding, if there's no risk of me getting in, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, like you do have to, you know, you walk into the ocean so you get your little feet and you know, maybe sure. up to your knees wet, but then you get on the board and then that's it. Love that for me. Okay, let's do it. Once okay, the water great. is less duty. Water. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have a really funny interview this week. We have a returning guest who is like such a, such a funny comedian and actor and friend. And we cover a really silly, silly, non-sexy show. And I hope you guys enjoy. All right, today we are welcoming back a special guest and a dear, sweet, sweet friend of mine. He is hilarious. He's an actor. He's a comedian. And you could catch him in his very own Comedy Central special. You could find him in, oh, little shows like American Vandal on Netflix and a a teeny show called Dave on FX, to name a few. Uh, He's also launched a funny podcast this year called Laser Show with Ryan O'Flanagan. Ryan Gucci O'Flanagan, welcome back to Table Flipping. Oh, thank you for having me again at Table Flipping. It's an honor. And what a great intro. Thank you for that. (laughs) Ryan, what is your podcast about? (laughs) Oh, my podcast sucks. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay, perfect. I've done done five episodes of this podcast, and I'm out of stories. I got nothing else to talk about. I have five stories that I know, and so that's... (laughs) My podcast and be telling those five different stories. They're really exciting. It. They could be like a story about him crying at a strip club, oh, things I like, like that. that. Just like yeah. little narrative moments. Uh, and you just always wanted to name something Laser Show, right? Yeah, man. I was trying to name my sketch group uh, Laser Show, and we ended up going with Dead Kevin. The guys did not like it. Actually, when it was it was first, it was just me and Jack, and Jack was kind of on board with it. He didn't really care. And then we started making sketches with Ahmed, and Ahmed was adamantly anti-Laser Show. <laughs> I like and, Laser uh, Show. What is it? Dead Cabin? Is that what you said? Dead Cabin. No, dead Cabin. <laughs> <laughs> dead Cabin. I have dead no Kevin idea. Oh, Dead Cabin. I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. But Laser Show, I can hear very clearly. Yeah, see? That's so. what I'm talking about. Everyone knows what you're saying when you say Excellent Laser point. Show. Yeah. But True. all over the world, people are going, Dead Cabin? Yeah, exactly. Going, Damn it, Ahmed. <laughs> Okay, so I made Ryan because I love having him on the pod and he doesn't watch a lot of reality TV. I like truly felt I feel like I closed my eyes and I spun the wheel of like random reality shows on HBO. And you and I watched season one of The Great Pottery Throwdown. Can you describe to Alyssa and all the people out there who haven't seen this show kind of the concept of The Great Pottery Throwdown? Yeah, I mean, it is it is. No, no exaggeration to say it is exactly the Great British Baking Show, but <laughs> with pottery. It's the same. I think they, it looks like they film it in the same place, but they don't. It does. But it looks the same from the inside. Look exactly the same. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it starts with ten contestants, uh, different levels of, uh, of pottery background and skill. Some are just, uh, it's a hobby. Some it's more of their, their real job. Most of them is just like a side thing. And uh, and they have to pat. They do a bunch of challenges. Three challenges per episode. And at the end of every episode, one person gets eliminated, and one person gets uh, to be the favorite top potter 
Top Potter. Top Potter. And top Potter. Top Potter doesn't. It also doesn't. It doesn't do anything. You don't get like, you know, immunity the next week or anything. It's pretty. Uh, it's just. A, it's just a nice pat on the back. Yeah, you just get complimented basically. Yeah. yeah and so similar, similar to Great British Bake Off, there is no oh, award, right? Uh, I think he get he got like a did he get like a trophy or something? <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> stupid just, at the end. I think he just. <laughs> I think he just got a trophy. Like, I think yeah. that's all he got. Yeah, so Do you have to make the trophy yourself? <laughs> no, this is like, it's not, even a, it's not even a ceramic trophy. It's just a fucking trophy from a trophy store, I think. Wow. If I recall correctly. I watched it a while ago, so I might be remembering wrong. I think no, I watched like the end recently, and I'm pretty sure, because I knew Alyssa was going to ask, because Alyssa is obsessed with what the prize is at the end of anything. And yeah. uh, this one was pretty pretty crummy. And I also think this yeah, is one of the mo- ones where it's most egregious, because what they're doing is, like, so challenging. The things they're doing yeah. are so hard. It is nuts. Yeah, they, they have to do stuff. There's one they have to do with, like, a blindfold on. They have to make a vase with a blindfold on. <laughs> and it's, like, a disaster. I'm like, how can they, no one can do this? But uh, but it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's six weeks, and then every week someone gets eliminated, and then like the last episode is like there's the finals, and there's four people uh, left in the finals. And and one woman dropped out, right, Taylor? Some woman in the yes, some woman. Two. They just started. You know, the show has like such a rhythm to it, and it has its little like the underscoring music always makes it sound like you're walking into Diagon Alley. It's like very peaceful and British, and like very fairy like but then uh, at the top of like the third or fourth episode they had like a really jarring announcement where they were like Joanna has left for personal reasons and will never be coming back to make pottery (laughs) and they just like never address it again and I wanted to be like what is what happened to Joanna though what's going on then they did like one talking head of another woman Jane and it was just like a like a five second clip where just going I'm gonna miss Joanna she was really good and that was the only thing that they did and they just moved right on and that was it and I googled it I tried to find out why she left and it's not and you not, couldn't get it? no it's not out there there's one thing I googled it and I can click one link that's like why did Joanna leave Go great pottery throwdown and then you, it brings you to some crazy like virus website oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so something something's going on with Joanna Wow. Did you have um, a favorite person in the cast or a favorite judge? Yes. I loved, oh, I I really liked um, Jim. Jim, I was rooting for Jim. Jim is, uh, there's so many different personalities in this cast. Season one, I highly recommend (laughs) watching season one of this show. Haven't watched the other seasons. But Taylor, did you know that in future seasons, I learned this from from Wikipedia yesterday, uh, there's like a... The guy that puts all the stuff in the kiln, his name is Rich. He's like, they call him like yeah. Burn Man Rich or something like that. He's like the fire guy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then in future seasons, he becomes a judge. Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. I love that. Justice for Rich because he Justice was so Rich. underappreciated. Like it was one of those, obviously in like cooking shows where they have to do all these insane like flambang of whatever. But like the... I felt like 50% of the challenge for any of the potters was actually being executed by Rich because they would like yeah. mold whatever they were making and then it would go to a kiln for like 24 hours and yeah, potentially break and shatter. Yeah, he like, like he has to he has to do something crazy. Yeah, Rich is a very very important part of the show. Wait, so <laughs> they 
that seems like okay we've done forged in fire right and so that's the sword making show and a big part of the drama is like they do the sword but then they have to put it in the fire themselves and if it breaks like that's on you but you just have an out of like a third party controlling yeah whether yeah, can you imagine if you like smash something? that's so <laughs> like, what, yeah. would, what would they do whoever they're, they're with rich has 24 smashed. hours it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, there's some crazy shit. That's and but to answer true. your question about who I was rooting for, I'll tell you of of all the ten contestants on the on the whole show, the guy that won was my very the last person I wanted to win. Oh, the show. agreed, he Matthew. Was tenth, tenth out of ten. I did. I not, did like, not care for Matthew's fucking, pottery. What a waste! What a waste of a victory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said you liked. Okay, so the thing with Matthew is that he was just like. First of all, sort of soft-spoken, so he was, like, less of a personality. But he was also always in, like, a three- or four-piece suit, which turned me <laughs> off. Oh, I was no. like, calm down, dude. Yeah. Okay, but he was Paul also, Feig. like... <laughs> yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But everyone, then, uh, Everyone else was so, was so goofy and fun and would smile at all. <laughs> and Matthew was just... Seemed bummed out to even be on the show. And then he wins, and he just fucking shows no emotion. He, just, he wins the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, it would have been so cool to see one of these other really cool guys like Jim or Tom or cutie patootie Sally Joe, be still my heart, whose husband is a goddamn oaf. Jesus, what's going on over there? That woman was gorgeous, and they show her husband. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Sally Joe. <laughs> Sally just, Joe was so cute. She was so cute. And the host is really cute, too. Sarah, Sarah oh, yeah. Cox is her name. Sarah, Sarah Cox. Cox. Oh, wow. And then the judges are fucking bonkers. Dude, this guy Keith. This guy Keith and it's his and a woman, uh, Kate. And Kate's just this pretty uh, not pretty. This polite, older British woman. But Keith is this <laughs> not like, pretty, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Kate is absolutely not pretty. She's an older po- polite is the word I'm looking for. Pretty oh, in her own way, I suppose. And uh, Keith is a goddamn maniac. Keith is this Older British guy with hair. I've never seen a hairstyle like this in my life. Never. It's insane. It's just crazy spikes that are just at the top, and they're so shiny and hard. (laughs) (laughs) Ceramic themselves, almost. He looks... He's crazy looking. And then he... Every single episode... There's six episodes in the first season, and every single episode he cries. Some Some piece of, like, pottery moves him to tears. Why? I don't know. It's it's (laughs) as if, like, the way he's crying has this sort of, like, you know, Tyra Banks at the end of a first (laughs) season moment where you, like, you're like, oh, I believed in this person so much and there's this payoff and I believe in you. But he cries like that from episode one. Like, he doesn't (laughs) even fucking know these people. And they'll make, like, a bowl. Like, literally a bowl. (laughs) And then he'll be, like, he'll he'll analyze the bowl and talk about the measurements and whatever. And then he'll look up and just just start to get choked up. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Yeah, sometimes it's just absolute horseshit that he's looking at. And he'll just, like... Start start losing it. The lamest <laughs> like plate or basin or whatever that he'll just start losing it. But I'm yeah, the, the first episode is this is he cries because this woman was like really nervous at the beginning and she was clearly like shaking, like super nervous. She's a middle aged, like super sweet, cute woman. And then she has like a nice piece at the end, <laughs> really nice piece at the end, and he was like, He was so nervous when he first came in. <laughs> And then he starts crying, and like that one, I was like, "Oh my god, that's emotional." But then, if I if I had known that he was gonna do that every episode, I don't know. Oh, whatever, Keith, shut up, dude. I 
the other great part about this is that Ryan wants to fuck all the potters. For <laughs> no, two potters. Oh, okay. Only two of the potters. Not uh, the host, just to be clear. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of these people, and they don't appear to look like they should be on TV, which is fun. Oh, that's, I was going to say, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, that this is the least sexy television show ever. Oh, my goodness. You got to like, see the teeth on this show. They're all over the map. So the people Very and then British. like the actual tasks, like the things that it's just like dirty in a very literal, not innuendo way. And it's just like, and there's, it's kind of like humorless at times and very dry. And even the way mm-hmm. they shoot it is very clinical. So there's like just no effort to make the show <laughs> like sexy or charismatic or like yeah. they're just doing a co- competition show about pottery where people cry. What do they make? Like, what kind of what what are the challenges? Because there's only so much you can you know pot, right? There's only that's that's what you think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch the great the great pottery throwdown. Also, Taylor, did you know there's a third one of like this kind of series, and it's about sewing. No. And it's, no. it's that's called, cool. Uh, the great sewing uh, the sewing bee. <laughs> wow. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, so, all right, then let's cue that one up. Be... That's your next assignment, Ryan. That seems like that would be cool. Like, because what, what they're supposed to do is, like, really showcase the skills of, you know, these people that are entering it, right? But when you're watching The Great yeah. British Bake Off, it's, like, it's food porn. So it's still this, like, really satisfying show to watch. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, like, super satisfying to watch the potters make, like, a plate or a mug. <laughs> like, the payoff yeah. is, like, not really there. They do have some challenging... Um, moments where like they have to make just a huge fucking statue at one point. They're Ooh. like, just make a garden statue, and then yeah. they had to make a chandelier. But what, what I, my my issue with those is like, those were seemingly like you know pretty straightforward. They'd be like, this is the only way that you could make a chandelier out of uh, ceramics, and they would all make them. This was like yeah, the top dude, four the or five. Fun, the, the chandelier. I didn't like the chandeliers. I didn't like <laughs> any of the chandeliers, either. especially. Oh my god, Matthew chandelier can <laughs> kiss my ass. That was the ugliest fucking chandelier. I wouldn't even know that was a chandelier if I saw it in a store. Agreed. And it what I hated like, was and like they loved it. The judges loved it. They loved it. it they loved it. It was horseshit. impossible. Obviously, like I would know if they were if they were challenged to make something and then it broke, I would be like, okay, I get it. This one sucks. But if they just completed it, what the judges were judging on seemed out of this world. Like I, at yeah. one point, I wrote this down. They were looking at fucking like I think it was the chandeliers and made might have been just like a tea set but the judges go we're looking for spontaneity and i was like what what do you mean you're looking for spontaneity in yeah, these like in mean? this it's literally a, an ob it's like an object that and all of theirs are identical so then they would just like pick up another one they would pick up like a pot and be like there isn't any clarity in the message of this pot yeah that's like, what, what? She, she knows, she'd pick it up and she'd go this, see how this one sends a clear message and i have always yes. be like no what are you talking about i don't see that at all yeah, because if you think about these other shows, it's like, you know, if you're baking, you could make a cake that looks like a succulent or you could make, yeah. you know, and then it's still a cake, though, because you can eat it. Or if mm-hmm. you're doing fashion, it's like you could strap 
you know, duct tape to someone's boobs and be like, it's a crop top or whatever. But if it's not a chandelier or a bowl, then it's just not a chandelier or a bowl. So I don't know how spontaneous you can be. No, it confused me every time, every time they would just, especially at the end when they were all pretty good and there was fewer like things breaking or cracking or like not being the right measurements. Like, but definitely with the final four, they were all executing it fine. And then they would just like be pulling these words out of their ass that I was like, what are we (laughs) judging this on? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, just they were just making stuff up i'd be like yeah this color is good and this shape is good and then i'm gonna judge you on that i like this i will also say that like and there's a little bit of this in great british bake-off but it's it's shocking to me that i i thought that these shows were made as a like look it's really it's really soothing it's just really calm it's predictable it's like for people who just want to have something that's like a feel good like ritualistic show to watch Mm -hmm. however if you really watch this show it's like very very dark they're all like really hard on themselves (laughs) and will say things like they'll just be like sweetly making a little pot and someone will come up to them and they'll be like I don't know when it comes to glazing I'm an absolute daft and worthless piece of crap I absolutely can't do this because I'm not a skilled or good person and they just are like beating (laughs) themselves up so badly and you're like please stop it was most of the time when they would go up and ask like almost everything they were making it seemed like they'd be like actually never done this before this method before and i'm like well what what have you done it seems yeah. like everything that they've tried they were like i don't i don't i'm not comfortable usually doing things like this like what do you usually what? make you're making like cups what else can you- <laughs> yeah you're making yeah what are you what are you doing at home yeah. yeah it's like they're not having i don't feel like they're having a really amazing time and then the payoff is them like ultimately making something and then the judge keith just crying and it's yeah. also sad like the whole thing just comes off as like sort of sad it does make me appreciate plates like do you have a a newfound appreciation for pottery oh yeah i own three plates and i i see them in a whole different like my three plates and my two my two bowls that i own and i've had for probably six years i literally just counted how many plates we own that i have had since i graduated college and we have five five so i have two more than you Damn, oh, okay, wow. you're beating me on the Yeah, you should watch the you should watch this pottery show. Okay, really thank appreciate- you. You seem like more of a plate <laughs> fan than me. And I love the pottery show, but it it, it it pales in comparison to the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, I think that that's that's very fair. Good I apologize for yeah. demanding that you watch it, but I'm also happy that you did. Did but you have I, what was your uh, like? Did you what did you even think about pottery before this show gave you such an education? Did you have a relationship with pottery? I, I don't. Yeah, I had a pot, I took a pottery class in high school. This is my pottery story. I was, I was t- gonna t- tell you that I was gonna uh, say. <laughs> wow, how about that <laughs> sentence? What the hell was that? Can we edit that out? Can I say that sentence? No, I have to leave it. It was so no, good. <laughs> I had a pottery class in high school, and I would always like uh, I always treat it like a joke. I would make things like really ugly on purpose. I thought that was funny. We had to make like a like a teapot, and so my teapot had like a cartoonishly like huge handle that was like a foot like <laughs> wide, and then uh, and then a giant you know, like you know spout at the front, and the teapot body would be like tiny and shit like that. And uh, we had to make like a house, and I like made the house really like ugly colors and stuff. And then I, at the at the end of the year, I brought it all home, and I uh, just like presented it to my mom. Just like gave it to my mom, and I was like, "Here, I made a couple of these just ugly things." And she was like, "Oh, thank you." And I was like, "I wasn't serious about them. I didn't like think they were good or anything." But then uh, the next day, I'd come home from school, and they they were all in a box, 
And my parents, I don't know, I never understood why, but my parents call each other Goog. That's their uh, name for each other. And they, just my whole life, I never, I think I asked once why, and then I forgot. <laughs> but they just call each other Goog. Uh, K-Goog and J-Goog. Oh, my God. And, uh, and my mom had put them all in a box and written a note and put it on a sticky note to my dad. It said, Goog, bring these up to the attic when Ryan doesn't see you. <laughs> they were gonna, they were gonna hide my syrup because they they were out for like a, a couple days. I think my mom oh, was like, "All right, these are actually so ugly. I can't, I can't deal with these anymore." I respect it, honestly. My mom probably would have. I would throw that in the trash. I'd be like, "This is so great. Do you really love these? Because I will give yeah. one of your choice, and the rest we are—they're yeah. not sparking joy for me." That's or so pawn them it's off to dog. other family members. The question is, how old? So wait, how old were you? What grade is this? This is—I uh, think I was fourteen. So I think yeah, it was freshman yeah. year of high school. And we had—man, I loved the pottery class. It was really fun. Making pottery was fun. Have you ever done a pottery class? No, I want to. I literally started looking it up while I was stoned and watching this show because, like the the the, it looks very soothing when, especially when it's on the little spinning table. And yeah, we it didn't have like we didn't have calming. spinning tables. That's what sucked. It was all uh, fucking making it work without the spinning, which is the uh, clearly the best part of like making pottery. Wait, so yeah, we were just, like, just like clomping it together, like yeah. Play-Doh? So yeah, oh, so so God. they have to do these techniques in the show, Alyssa, like uh, uh, coiling and braiding, slipping and sticking. And <laughs> slipping and slopping, Lots whatever of the slipping. fuck they call it. Yeah. And uh, but they have to make vases like coil style. And that's how we had to make it. And uh, just make a bunch of coils and like make them, uh, you know, go a little bit out and then a little bit back in and then uh, come out at the top. So I made my vase like, yeah, really just like a like disc like. It was almost it, w- <laughs> it went out so far and then came back in really quick and just like a stupid looking vase. Did your teacher like just? placate you or did she think there was something wrong with you or was she yeah, annoyed she would be with like, you oh, she'd be like i think she, yeah she probably was annoyed i would i if i, I would guess but she was uh, super nice about it she was like oh this is yeah funny <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah i'm trying to be funny i'm 14 she's like you know i had dreams and i don't want to be doing this so stop fucking around yeah. and just turn in your assignment <laughs> Dude, I wonder if I... They're probably, like, in a box somewhere still at home. I want one really badly. Yeah, I'm like going to bring you back. Story. Bring you back. I, like, truly... I want it. I think that'd be such a good story. They try to make these jokes, and it's so annoying. They just keep make, trying to make it, like, sexual jokes about the clay. And you're like, it's not sexual. They, like, if, if they would go around, all the talking heads were like, there's something vaguely sexual about it. And then they're making these... Handles, they have to like pull the handles. Remember that episode, Taylor? Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, they're all like giggling at how much it's, they think it looks like a, what you would do to a penis, I guess. Oh my but it's God. these, it's like a foot and a half long, and they're just like stretching out this, making a handle, stretching out this clay, and they're all just like laughing. One of them, at least one contestant from some season, has definitely fucked the clay before, right? Like, at least one person, probably. Okay. Yeah, someone always fucks the clay. (laughs) I like Ryan in ninth grade being, like, the class clown making weird, like, dick faces, and then you're watching the show going, stop making jokes. Stop making jokes. (laughs) Yeah, this is serious. Yeah, they kept trying to say how sexual it was, and, like, how you... I guess there's the smoothness, and sometimes there's wetness, and that's really it. There's nothing else that's really sexual about it. Yeah. That whole pilot episode, they say a bunch of just weird sex references. 
Wow. Yeah, and again, for the least sexy show on television, it's just like not the right yeah. line of comedy. It just yeah. like does not. Only Sally Joe should out. be saying this this stuff. I'll hear Sally Joe talk about sex. She is day. so cute. And speaking of women in reality, she also is like has a moment, a victorious moment, because she never wins any of the challenges. Like all yeah. of the boys keep winning, and no, none of the women win. And then she becomes, she's in the top four, and she wins the very last individual challenge. And I'm so fucking happy for her. Yeah, that I was like, if I watch this whole fucking thing and there's no woman ever gets this dumb worthless prize or title i'm gonna be so yeah, pissed go, but sally, sally joe pulled it off yeah yeah so they do three challenges and then like there's a winner of each little challenge and you also don't yeah get anything it's just another pat on the back and at the end you get named top potter and matthew was top potter fucking he was as much as i hate this guy he stunk he was so <laughs> lame it was a complete waste of a victory uh but he was Definitely the best Potter. He deserved to win. Just a just a lame, lame fella. And he, and he's from a town called Giggleswick. <laughs> <laughs> he's a teacher at like Giggleswick Elementary. They show his like school, and he's the lamest guy. It's such a bummer. I would have loved to see. Oh God, anybody? Can you imagine? Can you imagine like Jane winning? Jane was this. She didn't stand a chance. Bless her heart. Oh yeah. But man, if she had won, oh she would have been crying and her family. And they, they you get to meet their families a lot of the time. So you meet their families, and their wives are proud of them, and their kids. And then you meet Matthew's uh, parents. They just interview his parents, and they're, they're like, he's a quiet kid. He, he's not telling us much about the show. We ask how the show is going, and he just says, good. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you, Matthew. What a fucking, that's so lame, dude. That's what, of all the people to win, it sucks. But man, did he deserve it. He made some of the sickest shit on that show. Would you guys buy something from one of the potters? Uh, you know, I don't have that much ceramic stuff in my Wow. Head. I don't know what I'd really... Maybe like a flower pot. Do they ever make a flower pot? It did make me want... There was some, like, general vases that I felt like weren't the actual big challenges. They were the little ones where they'd be like, let's see if you could just make a vase with, like, a tiny neck without having it flop over and be sad. Remember that video I sent you where that one woman, Jane, she made two vases, and instead of making them straight, she made them, like, kind of lopsided? And then she goes, because then you'll put them next to each other, and it will look like they're having a conversation with one another. (laughs) Like, no, it smells like two crooked pots. (laughs) But then... Then the host, the, the judge is like, this this sends a clear message. They're talking to each other. I'm like, no, that's, it's a fucked up vase. It's crooked. It's a fucked up vase. You can't put anything in yeah, it. Like, the I flower's going to be, yeah, the shower's shooting liquid. straight out. Yeah, there, it was weird. I would, as now somebody who is getting, who's like entered the phase of adulthood where you do have like some just aesthetic like vases or pots or weird things. Like, yeah. I just recently got some decorations that I do fear Tony will recycle sometimes. Like, it's just like a cool looking <laughs> bottle, yeah. and I'm like, this is a this is an actual art piece. It's not just like an old milk jug. Please don't throw this away. But uh, I so I would I would get one of those from these people because they're they look pretty cool and I I like I like a good vase. You yeah. Alyssa spotted some. We went to the um, the Pasadena flea, flea market. market on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The Rose Bowl and. Market. There was a couple of vases that you walked by and you were like, I love those huge vases. I want to stick some sticks in them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I discovered that I will buy anything glass from the flea market. And so I was really trying to shop for vintage like glassware sets, like green goblets, you know, and like purple Mm -hmm. goblets. And then also all kinds of wacky ass vases. And um, 
I was shut down like many times and was told that was a waste of my money. I only walked away with one set of martini glasses and a decanter. So, mm. you know. You didn't get any goblets? No, I didn't get a single goblet, that but I'll sucks. go back by myself and I will buy the vases and the goblets and I will put sticks in them and I will put them by the window and everyone will have to look at them and no one will be able to throw them away. Wow. Oh my God. And this is relevant to the pod. We, on our way out, I was like, I do want a decanter. Like, I want, like, a sexy old, like, whiskey decanter. And I spotted one, and I grabbed it, and I asked the guy how much it was, and he's, like, wrapping it up for me. And they had some with square lids and some with round lids. And Alyssa was like, I don't like the ones with the round lids. They look like Lisa Vanderpump's doorknobs, who is a, was a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Wow. And as the guy is wrapping it up, he's, like, he's grizzled, like, a flea market, like, you know, selling just bullshit that he found at a marked up price all day mm-hmm. in the sun. Like that, I just have to paint the picture of what kind of yeah. man this was. Yeah, okay. he was. Grizzled is the perfect word. And he was just like an older guy who was like, yeah. And he's wrapping it up in newspaper and he goes, Lisa Vanderpump? I love her. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I love that show. The gossip, the drama. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. Vanderpump was That's my favorite. Awesome. And I was like, oh, my God. We could stay was, here and talk to you all day. <laughs> I was so surprised. I was like, That's amazing. I gave him five extra dollars for the decanter. Yeah, I was like, keep the change, buddy. You're my people. That's I feel so you, funny. dude. Well, thank you so much for watching this show, Ryan. Uh, oh, yeah. Thanks because for making it was, the show. Clearly, that's such a weird thing. Hey, but we did it together. Um, can you tell people where to find your uh, pod? And then also, you have like shows coming up. You're doing stand up in person. Stand up, baby! Somebody? It's coming yeah. back. Okay, great. I got shows uh, in <laughs> Mohegan Sun, Mohegan Sun, in Uncasville, Connecticut, July twenty second to twenty fourth. And then I'm recording it, my, my first album next month in Indianapolis. Oh, that's so cool. And Holy shit. Yeah, that's going to be pretty bad, I would imagine. I'm not ready to record an album at all. It's been a goddamn pandemic. But I'll do my best, and come on out if you're in the area. How long is a, How long do you have to go for an album? Uh, I'll probably do like 50 minutes, maybe more, and then I can cut some down, some jokes that don't work. I can just cut them out and pretend I didn't say them. This is Ooh, such a stupid wee. question, but so I have only listened to like a comedy album in the car on a CD, like with my parents, right? Yes. Is that the kind of album it is, but you just maybe download it like a podcast or something? I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't listen to any comedy albums. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Album, so, you like know, you'll have Spotify. it on Spotify and it's yeah. just like one big live show, but it's broken into tracks like the CDs used to be, correct? Oh, okay. That you're talking yeah. about? Listening? Yeah, I don't know who's doing that. God bless right. you if you're listening to my comedy album on Spotify. I always, it always bothers me how they're labeled because they try to like name it after the joke. Like remember like old Dane Cook albums would be like that. And like recently yes. I just listened to the Han- a Hannibal Burris album and the the title of the actual like track would always be like a random noun that was you had to it was like a scavenger hunt trying to figure out (laughs) which noun was in which part of the joke it would be it was just like not a part of it and i was so annoyed i was like then why organize it this way make it a fucking 50 minute track (laughs) yeah yeah i have thought about how i'm gonna organize it and stuff like and name things and i'm like i don't know i guess we'll see how it goes first laser show yeah just call it laser show show. and then the name of every track is just laser show yeah So we'll see. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best. And then I think I'm going to film it, too, and then put it out I guess, somewhere. I don't know oh, where. Exciting. Probably maybe just Hell YouTube. Hell, yeah. 
That's what that's what people like that, I think, more than audio. But I don't know. Taylor listened to a whole Hannibal Burris album. Right? Yeah, yeah, you guys. Guys, I, I have Bill Cosby's CD stand-up still memorized, so you never know what oh, kid is going it. to be. <laughs> do it now. <laughs> Listening in the car with their parents to your stand-up, you know? We don't like uh, Bill Cosby's podcast does not condone uh, memorizing Bill Cosby's whole. Yeah, yeah, don't do it. It's a real useless skill at this point. <laughs> useless skill. You know what I can do? Hey, do you guys want to hear me recite Bill Cosby's entire <laughs> CD-ROM? Because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, do it. Oh, here she goes again. Every party. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, and what's your Instagram handle, Ryan, for all your funny content? Oh, I'm glad you asked. My Instagram handle is at Ryan O'Flan, and Twitter is at Ryan O'Flan. And, uh, you know, Ryan O'Flanagan on YouTube and stuff like that. Facebook, whatever. Oh, Alyssa, you follow him on Twitter, right? Do you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So many good NBA tweets lately. Really oh, thanks, fire man. NBA thanks for liking tweets. my NBA tweets. Sports tweets, they never do well, but my friends will like them. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the pod and watching this weird show. We love to have you, and I will, I'll wait till the next really, really weird, bizarre, potentially dark show I hear of and, and make you watch it and come back. Great, looking forward to it. This is the only TV I really watch is stuff that you uh, make me watch. So feel free to assign more stuff, and that way I'll be able to ha- hold a conversation with people. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.